hello, folks. Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy Dowling, and you've guessed it, this week's shout-out. Each and every week, I thank somebody that supports me and the podcast, and it can be in a range of different ways. It could be something like a message of encouragement or a guest recommendation. It could be buying a T-shirt from the online store. It could be shouting me a beer via the PayPal button over at andysocial.net. It could be a bit of social media love. It does not matter, small or big. It all adds up. It keeps me motivated, keeps me inspired, keeps the light on when all is dark, and just keeps this podcast moving. So thank you so much to everybody that supports me. It just means so, so much. I can never put into the right words for you guys. But this is my way of giving back just ever so slightly. So this week's shout out is for Michael Stewart. Michael is from Avonsley. Is that how you say it? Avonsley? Anyway, Avonsley in Victoria. Uh, Michael bought a patch a little while ago. So thank you so much, Michael, for supporting me with the patch. And I know you listen to the podcast, so that alone is more than enough. But thank you so much for the extra 1% on top. It means a lot to me. So please ship me a message. I've got a nice kitty of lots of goodies uh, giveaways. And I'm going to put together a care package and send that out to you in the post. So ship me a message and uh, we'll get that moving. But thank you so much. And thank you once again to everybody that supports the podcast. And I did make a mention last week as well, but for anybody out there that owns their own business, has uh, a band or a project or whatever they're involved with and has anything that they want to donate to the podcast uh, for these giveaways. Um, I'm going to have a bunch of competitions that are happening later on down the track. Uh, if you want to contribute to these, uh, it's a great way to get your stuff out to more people and maybe a different type of audience as well. So if you're interested and you want to contribute, shoot me a message um, wherever, online, through the website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want. And uh, that'd be really, really cool. And I'd love to help you guys out as well. So cheers, folks. Now, you guys may know, but every once in a while, I like to be a heavy metal warrior and prance around on stage with the Australian metal band Lord. If you love a bit of old school heavy metal, you can go to lord.net.au. Uh, the website's really cool. We've got uh, streaming music. We've got Spotify playlists. We've got uh, video clips. We've got all sorts of information there, historical stuff about the band as well. Lots and lots of detail. Um, you can go over there. And there's an online store as well. Um, a great way to get a taste of what we're all about if you have not heard our music yet. So hopefully you enjoy the tunes. In addition to that, we are also playing November 3rd, Saturday, November 3rd, at the Bullface Stag in Sydney for day two of the Steel Assassins Festival. We are headlining that. So if you are interested, you can buy tickets through Moshticks or lord.net.au or andysocial.net. Click on the show tabs and you should be able to find the ticket links there. If you get lost, let me know and I will hold your hand. In addition to being a heavy metal warrior, I also host the Self Starter Podcast, which is all about small business, self-employment, and freelancing. You should be able to find that podcast in your podcast player right now, or you can go to self... I was almost going to say Lord again. You can go to selfstarter.com.au, and all the details are there. There's also a blog that desperately needs an update. Um, but I've got some stuff com coming, trust me. Um, but go and check that out. It doesn't matter if you own your own business or not, or even if you you don't care about owning your own business. Uh, you could be working a job that you hate and you just want to move on to better things. You might want to earn a bit of pocket money on the side. It doesn't matter. If any of those things may just spark a little bit of interest, then this podcast might be for you. Or if you do know somebody that fits into any of those uh, little categories, uh, please flick the podcast over to them as well. Uh, I've been really, really happy with the progress so far. Thank you so much to all of the anti-social faithful that have been supporting that podcast also. It means a hell of a lot. So selfstarter.com.au, check it out. 
This week's episode is with Rob Brenz. Rob is a drummer from Melbourne, and he has literally played with, literally folks, 50 gazillion bands over the years. Yes, 50 gazillion is a real number, folks. Please, like, look that up. Google it. Trust me. Trust me, folks. 50 gazillion bands over the years. Most notably, he is at the moment playing with Hadal Moore and I Built the Sky. I'll have links to those two bands in the show notes over at andysocial.net. But just, just to slightly scrape the surface, some of the bands that he's played with over the years include King Parrot, Desecrator, Alarum, Dreadnought, James Varney, and Rob Farnham, of all people, that's pretty cool. And the list goes on. There's a long, long list of bands that uh, Rob's played with over the years, and everything from metal, rock, jazz, and everything in between, like a really versatile player, very talented musician, and just a super cool guy. Now, I caught up with Rob at his brand new studio, rehearsal studio in Melbourne. He's sharing a space with Dave Haley of Psychroptic fame, and really cool space, um, really cool, like a permanent setup that they've got there. Um, actually quite jealous of, of what, what he's got there, but um, we sat down and just had this chin wag that was epic. It was a long, long chat, but a really fun one. One of the best ones I've had in a long time. We covered all sorts of different topics and uh, you really get a better insight into the world of Rob Brenz. And I certainly learned a lot more about Rob, which um, was really, really cool. So enough yapping from me because this is a long podcast episode. I will have links to everything in the show notes over at andysocial.net. You can go and check out everything about Rob at his really, really good website, rob-brens.com. Um, if you scroll down in your fa- uh, in your podcast player, you should be able to see all the links there so you can click on them nice and easily. Enough of me. Please enjoy this really, really cool chat with Rob Brenz. I think drummers have probably the least amount of leeway in terms of you know fuck ups depending depending on the style like yeah. you know i've you know done shows where i felt like i've just eaten shit and people were just like <laughs> oh that was fantastic i'm like thanks like just you know i've just i've learned to just yeah. say thank you i'm because yeah. i used to do the do the nah man that shit's fucked like, no. we're like what are you talking about you know but it's just like man this this person's either trying to pay me a compliment and if they're telling me you know, oh, they they think it's fantastic, and mm. I'm like, well, no, it was shit. Then yeah. I'm just like, it's like I'm questioning their intelligence. Yeah, you know, I'm telling right. them that, you know, it's like, hey, you're stupid. How dare you be nice to me? <laughs> like, so, yeah, um, so yeah, I had to get out of that habit. But yeah, yeah I, I still can't get away from that feeling of like, I mean, as long as the groove's there, that's super important. And if that gets disrupted, then you know, next to the singer, yeah, yeah. definitely. And I mean, you could be. You know, there could be an argument that you you are the one of the the louder people on stage as well, mm. so things can cut through pretend, mm. depend, depending on the mix mm. and the style of music. But I mean, how much of I mean, and I'll get to this in a sec because I'm so curious with the amount of freaking bands that you play in mm. or have played in over the years. But mm. I mean, how how much of this ratio wise are you playing with clicks? Is it is it a, a large majority of it? Or Today is it's it, like a hundred percent almost. Yeah. Like. Um, so there was like a um, like a funk soul group that I was working with, which was just a great you know um, sort of change of scenery because you know we're playing like like the blues train out in Queenscliff and mm. little you know corner just you know packed in the corner cocktail bar yep. kind of kinds of things and playing low dynamics and it was almost awkward because it's just like oh, you know am I playing right yep. you know so the the click thing is good for like like we're saying about like the nerves thing because like that 
I can always go back to the click if I can focus on the click. You know, like the deep heat thing. Yeah, like yeah, that's, that's what right. the click yeah. is for me. As yeah. long as I'm centered on that, that keeps me away from, you know, sort of getting too, you know, caught up in what's going on around me. Even though, like, I, you know, I shouldn't be intellectualizing things too much with the click track. But okay. at the same time, I kind of, particularly with band, you know, being hired by a lot of these bands mm. too. So after, you know, I, you know, I want to make sure I'm on point with everything. I just, I mean, the click track. We've we've been using them for a few years now, mm. and it's definitely there's definitely a convenience around, it, especially for now. We're getting to a point where I'm sure by the time this comes out, I think most people will probably know, but like we don't have a permanent drummer anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think what will always be is it's been like this for I don't know how many years now, but it's like the three of us, and then we will just bring in the best of the best to play with us, and we've got enough sort of tools in the toolbox where we've got click tracks, we've got all our backing tracks, we've mm-hmm. got instructional stuff there where if we approach someone and they're available and keen then we can go here's like the dropbox folder here's everything in there that you need and references everything is just in one spot and if you need anything more then let us know but it won't be like this drip feed thing where you try and work it out it's just that we've got this down to a fine art so you just get people in that are seasoned they know exactly what they need to do they're professional and we just pack them with all all the stuff they need and it's not the best scenario because you'd always love to have like, you know, the stable people in the band and it's just that way you get equal contribution from everybody. Yeah. But it's um it's just the na- it's just the nature of, of what it is now. And I th- I see so many I mean, you're one of them as well, where there's so many drummers out there that are really sought after because I don't know if there's a if there's a lack of drummers out there or there's a lack of drummers at a particular level, but it's just or maybe it's even a case that as a drummer, it's just not that rewarding just to be doing one thing. Like it's it's more rewarding to sort of be available for a whole range of different projects. It seems to be like the thing nowadays. It's kind of like, I mean, you have like, you know, band bands mm. where it's like just yeah. this ongoing unit, but more and more. And it probably, it probably has more to do with like the home studio mm. thing because a lot of it, this stuff is sort of born out of, you know, these home projects, like yep. this one dude who's just masterminded the whole thing mm. and then just put something together. And, um, and yeah, more often than not, it's like all the drums are programmed and everything and mm. it's just easier to just to, just to hire someone, yep. you know, to get in the game. And once again, like with the internet, it's like they can build up their following online and, you know, have the capital to just go, yeah, I'm just going to hire someone, yep. you know, and, you know, and particularly over time, it's like, you know, someone can just run the business and just take the lion's share and just hire people, you know, who they need. It's definitely a lot more convenient, especially compared to the logistics of just trying to get, you know, five people to agree on the same fucking thing and turn up at the same time. I got work in the morning, I got this, then that, and that. You know, it's oh, it's it's every it's everyone's. It's like it I'm, is. You know, it's, it's hard it's, enough. It's me to, too. As soon as you as soon as you got more than one person, it's a mm. challenge. And the more than obviously the more challenging it can get. But I mean from a from a drummer point of view, I mean, like, is it is it more is there more value for you being in a situation, at least from the outside, hmm. that you're you're in a position where you can be flexible and work with a whole range of different artists than, I don't know, have maybe it's just such such an old school way of thinking that it, you know, unless you're doing nonstop touring, hmm. it's just not it's not logical to be just with one band and one band only. I sort of found that like I felt like I was I was putting all my eggs in you know one basket mm. you know if I only had one band yeah. so it's like if that 
you know, particularly when something like drumming that is, you know, that's my passion. It's like, that's, you know, my thing. So, and usually that's directed into a band. And yeah. if that one band isn't going well, then that basically means everything isn't going well, yeah, you know. True. So, you know, you can become consumed by it. So I found that by having a few different things on the go that then, you know, at least if one thing wasn't, I don't know, it was stalling or something wasn't going quite right, then, you know, at least the other thing was happening mm. as well. So, but then, you know, I've gone too much the other way and then spread myself way too thin and then, oh, do you remember that rehearsal tomorrow night? Oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> didn't, did. <laughs> didn't like, forgot to learn all these uh. things and gone in and just like eating shit. And it's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Well, I've got to, I've got to dial that back and yeah, sort of just find that, you know, that happy medium, you know, and I'm sort of even the past, say like twelve to eighteen months is I've just been really lucky. Like I think I've just probably for the first time had like a couple of small, just minor clashes where mm. I know I've just had to, you know, and but it's easy. Like I just buzz someone else, you know, and um, you know, and the same thing. I was like, here's the Dropbox, here's all the stuff, yeah, and they're all clicks that I've programmed as well. So I've added all the cues in there as okay, well, because yeah, cool. more often than not, these gigs have started on like, say, like a week's notice or something. So I've just added all my little cheats in the clicks and everything. So they're there for the, the next guy, and um, yeah. So yeah, I've only just recently had like one or two minor clashes. So very fortunate, I think. Oh, I reckon. <laughs> I mean, and I, don't, I mean, I can't pay. I can't keep up with how many bands. Like, I don't even know who you're currently playing with at the moment. I know of a couple, but mm. I don't know to what extent or yeah. who you're currently associated with. Yeah, or, yeah. So what, what's the current uh, roster? So like, Hadelmore is like the like you know the original band yeah. thing. So that's like something that you know I was there from the start. You know, writing, contributing, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, sort of, you know, member, so yeah. to speak. So that's, you know, more or less like my art project where mm. I can just sort of explore, um, you know, just what I can do on the instrument. So You're really and, contributing to that. Yeah, thing. yeah. And, you know, helping make it grow and, you know, handling a lot of management stuff and just using it as a vehicle for what, you know, I want to create on the instrument. You know, a lot mm. of the, the, you know, the, thesis of that whole band is just you know oh you know this sounds like this so let's try and do our own thing with it we just err on the side of weird yeah. or whatever which <laughs> cool. is pretty evident yeah um outside of that there's i built the sky yeah. which is um so this is it's like for, for all intents and purposes like you know it's you know um you know like i'm in the photos and all that sort of stuff as well but you know you know i built the sky is notoriously rowan's band mm. um and there's mirrors, which is a metalcore yeah. kind of thing, and um, but <clears throat> but yeah, same sort of thing. Like I've been working with them for you know maybe about fifteen, sixteen months now, and and it's sort of just become that over time. It's you know even though it's you know I'm you know working for them, I'm still very much you know you know sort of. You know, they asked me recently to like, you know, to join the band and it's just like, well, yeah, you know, it's like I love working with you guys. I like to keep that mm. going. So, you know, and I think that's more just a poetic thing because, yeah, yeah. you know, we've obviously just, you know, developed that that bromance over time, <laughs> you know, so. Well, I guess, it, I mean, it, it certainly helps when it's different in Australia, I think, to well, it's probably not in any dramatically, not dramatically different compared to most places in the world, probably except for 
particular pockets of Europe, but you know, not every band is working twenty four seven. We just we're just not in that that era, you know, mm. and everyone's all about diversifying their life, you know, mm. their interests and doing a million different things at once. And so it's never just like the Metallica. It's not mm. just we're in it together, we do this, we live and breathe, we live together, we do everything. It's not it's not like the Motley crew, it's not the eighties yeah. sunset strip story or anything like that anymore. There's a couple of guys out there that are trying to keep it together and keep that yeah. sort of dream alive. But I think now it's like you you can afford to do it where you can become a part of a number of different projects and even from a permanent point of view because nobody's out there taking up as much time as probably what bands psychologically used to think in the past. I think now it's like, um, you know, you're going to Europe soon as well Mm. and that's for quite a, a hefty chunk of time. Yeah. But I guess once that's over and you come back, then it's probably not going to be much after that with that particular band. You will mm. transition into a couple of other things when you get back. Yeah, well, I literally get off the plane and get picked up by another band and dropped, <laughs> and I'm off on the East Coast like that day. So it's going to suck ass, but, you know, oh well, you know, it's all part of the game. So can I ask, and it's up to you how much detail you want to go into, but I guess the, the age-old question is how does somebody keep it keep it viable so you do a whole bunch of different things like you're involved mm. in different projects mm. um without getting to uh, uh, this is my this is my rabbit hole because i get to like industry talk and i, get, and I start yeah, like yeah, talking yeah. all these sort of things but like you know i do you still ha- float a, a part-time or a casual job on the side to sort of yeah. keep these things going i mean I'm very, it's I'm a long-term yeah. way that you, you know yeah i'm very fortunate to you know to have a have a full-time job where that flexibility is mm. there. I, when I, um, you know, very fortunate, you know, that my boss was someone that, that I used to, you know, play in a band with. Mm. And um, it came at a time where I was, when I was teaching full time and between just being super burnt out at the time, it was about five or six years ago yeah. and the school I was teaching at just closed down and I'm like, just couldn't afford to, mm. I just took that opportunity to just yeah. find something that was like super consistent. And at the time I was, um, you know, touring with King Parrot. So that was a lot of touring. So, you know, going to that job with already having that kind of schedule, um, happening, it was obviously aware of like what was going on. Mm. So, um, having that flexibility there has been essential and, you know, being something where I can have headphones on all day and listen to sets and <laughs> over and over again and whatever I've got, you know, um, whatever I've got to learn, there's that, you know, added bonus as well. And um, But it's definitely over time, like I was saying about that balance between how many projects, I, you know, I do, mm. sort of just turning that dial enough times to work, you know, you know, moving that needle back and forth enough to go, okay, here's here's where that sweet spot is, where it's you know you could just do too many passion things, and it's just like you know I've lo- I've had yeah. to, I've looked at things that I would love to do, love to do, but it's like oh we don't really have a budget, and it's just like I really want to do this, but I just can't. Like you know, like like many things, yeah. you know, it's just like just it's like yeah, look, would love to, but I can't, and um. And, and at the same time, you got to retain your sanity as well. You know, I've looked at the, looked at things that where they've I've been offered like very very you know um, good money, but I'm just like I know if I take that on, I'm that money's not going to be worth much. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at a mental <laughs> breakdown there. So there's 
Yeah, so just sort of moving that needle around enough to be able to go, okay. And right now, it's like, um, you know, it's it's in a real sweet spot, but, you know, like, you know, like touch wood, yeah. you know, um, who knows? Who knows? Any, anything could happen. Like, you know, this I Built the Sky thing's sort of, um, you know, it's been gradually building up over the past couple of months, you know, like with this Europe thing coming up and some the show's been better and better and I know he's in talks with a lot of other promoters and stuff like that and, you know, and I'm about two weeks away from recording an EP with Mirrors yeah, um, okay. and that's another band that's been going strength to strength. Um, um, it's not a bad problem to have. Yeah, it's like, a, I say it every time. I'm just like, it's like, yeah, man, I'm just like, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all these, these I'm tours. i too many successful I bands. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, you know, <laughs> what I'm going to do about all these shows I'm doing and, um, and even like with... Um, with with Hadel, we just did this run with Psychroptic yep. and Archbar, and you know we just yeah, kind of felt awesome. like, um, you know, we almost felt like a third wheel next to those two bands, mm. but um, the response was just absolutely ridiculous. Just yeah. we weren't expecting it at all because yeah. we just like write every album we write is different. We just expect to just piss everyone off every time. <laughs> um, not 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 the intention, but. No. Um, but the response we got and, you know, getting more emails and, like, bigger offers, and I'm like, fuck, you know? <laughs> so, because that's a, that's a more quiet band, but, you know, we looks like we may not get that option. But I don't like to say I'll worry about it when it happens, but sometimes it's like, well, what other option do you have? It's good, no, it's good, down, it's good now, though, with... Um, I think people are far more... They've got far more self-awareness and understanding where they fit into the grand scheme of things. And even for you, like to, like you're saying, more or less learning how to say no to things, which it's so I think big. it's so counterintuitive for so many people, for mm. most people, because opportunity usually equates to a yes. Yep. And regardless of whatever the consequences are, it's like you say yes and you work it out later mm. and you, you continue to say yes, you continue to say yes. But it gets to a point where you've got to work out what's my intention here? What am I trying to achieve? And if I'm blindly sort of just grabbing at things, it probably just means that I don't know what I actually want, mm. which then leads you to those situations where you burn out. And that self-awareness is such a such a massive thing that I think more people have got awareness and can now get to a point where they know where they want to go, but they're also planning like 12 months in advance. They know what they're doing October next year. And yeah. it's like, all right, well, that week is highlighted that's off off the cards nothing else comes in there and then i'll give myself a weak buffer either side because then i can fill it in i've got some some wiggle room here and there but then i can also then start to put chunks here and there and then suddenly before you know it you know what you're doing for the next 12 to 18 months mm. it's just crazy where i think in the past or at least i mean i'm in my own journey but you know you sort of just go well maybe six months and you just sort of just run and just keep running into things and just grabbing whatever you can. And then after a while, you go, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like this, like, you know, famine fear that could sort of overcome you because you could sort of think like, you know, when like the good gigs and, mm. you know, and good offers and this, that and the other are coming in. It's just like, well, yeah, I mean, that square's free, yeah. you know, on my calendar. I'll fill that up. And and particularly like early on in the game as well, when you sort of, you know, you're trying to get that, you know, quote unquote exposure mm. and the experience and all that stuff, which you do need, but, and you're always, you know, doing it with this kind of, you know, you, 
sort of insecurity, you know, about yourself because, you know, you're trying to get out there and all that kind of stuff and you can't help but compare yourself to other people. But there does have to come a point where you're, you know, you have to sort of take stock of what you're doing and what you're capable of Mm. because um, if you sort of find yourself saying yes to yeah, I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. Like I see, you know, when I see like really, really capable players out there playing for nothing, it's like cool, but that's hurting the, that, that can hurt the industry in, in a big way, particularly for people who just, you know, like say they do it as a hobby. But when someone can just hire the next dude for nothing, Hey, this guy's doing it for nothing. I'm just going to hire this guy. Um, then. That hurts everyone else. Now everyone else has to drop, you know. And I've that's and that's probably just the symptom of like everything that's going on like right now. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, and I'm like, well, you know what? You know, I don't have to worry about thinking, hey, you know what? I'm Mr. Hotshot. I should be worth, you know, mm. I should be worth this much. Um, but I thought, you know what? That guy is worth that much. So you know, he shouldn't have to drop his price because I'm willing to do it for peanuts. So if if only for everyone else, I should, you know, actually be a bit more scrutinous about the kind of work that I'm taking on. I'm big on pricing and I've... I've it sounds so, such a weird statement. If someone mm. took that out of context, it'd be like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I love lamp. Great. Yeah. Um, but it's... I'm fascinated by the perception that pricing can have on people and... You know, I've always sort of analysed the way that we price our merch and that the way we discuss uh, money with promoters or with other bands or whatever it is, and and also just in other industries as well, and how people sell products and sell services and and the perception that it that it can give. And I think there's there's this sweet spot where I think people will pay a premium amount of money for what is perceived to be a premium service. Yep, and they will they will even get to a point where they go, oh, man, that's, oh, geez, I wasn't expecting that. But there'll be a, an assurance in that price where I think there'll be a perception that you can't get that if you spent any less than that. Mm. And I think people panic, and I've tried so hard because it's really difficult, but I've tried really hard with us in our, in our band to not do as many discounts anymore. Yep. Um, not do the the store sale anymore and and just slash the prices. You know, if we if we want to get rid of stuff, we give it away, and mm. we do it through different channels, um, in different ways creatively to get get rid of stock. Mm. Um, but for us, we we have price points in place, and you know, if we were compared to other bands, especially sort of in in Australia, um, some of our stuff people might go, well, it's a little bit more expensive. Why are you guys selling a CD still for twenty dollars when mm. everyone else is selling them for ten? We're like, well, we think it's worth twenty dollars. Yeah, and if you don't want it, then that's cool. Like mm. no drama. We're not pushing on you. Mm. And um, and what we find is that we we attract people that really understand the value in what we're selling mm. and. And I think coming back to what you were saying before and this whole thing about balance and not taking on too much stuff is that you're sort of almost saying no by not um, reducing your your price down to try and compete with other people. Mm. You've created your own reputation um, and your actions through your work ethic and working with all these amazing musicians and bands and you've got this portfolio of work Mm. that you can say, this is me, this is what I do. And if you want to work with me and I'm available, then this is what it's going to look like. And 
that's totally cool if you don't think it's 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 worth that amount of money but that's what i am and be completely confident in that and i think what you find most people that you actually want to work with will will turn around and say yeah no absolutely yeah and it's also like even if you know said person thinks I don't think you're worth that much. It's like, look, I might even agree with you, but I'm looking at my schedule and that's what it's going to cost to make me, you know, tear my hair out over this thing. You know, I mean, not that we tear my hair out, I'd be very grateful. But, um, but that's more what I'm looking at over that. And on the same thing, it's also like, more so when, say, with the merch thing as well, Mm. it's, you know, it's attributing value as well. I think when, you know, people, you know, look at something that's, really good you know it looks really good and everything but it's like you know it's really cheap you know you kind of go oh well what's wrong with it Mm. really like you know especially food you know man like i mean how much do people just love like you know if you go to a a lot of you know when when you go to a restaurant you have like a you know a 40 or 50 dollar steak you know and you go to work the next day you know, you're not, you're not telling them oh, I, you know, had this steak last night. I had a forty dollars <laughs> steak last night. Like yeah. you, you hear it all the time. It's like it's you're almost paying for that experience, and you know, a lot of the time, like it is, you know, well, it's obviously going to be good, but that's like it's part of the thing. It's you know, it's attributing value to it, and you have, you know, you've, I've, we've, you know, same deal. We've gone through that experience of if this is the like the you know, more in the merch context, but we, like we've raised prices over time um, just to actually, you know, make some decent coin. Like we're not, we're not trying to like empty out people's pockets. We're actually just trying to, you know, as, as you know, just, you know, just try and reduce that margin a bit. Um, and yeah, sales don't go down. No, like, you and, know. I, and I think, I think people should not feel guilty about it either. I think, no. there's, I think there's a, I think we, I think people have panicked for quite, I mean, I've certainly panicked years and years ago about wanting to win everybody over. And so you would create incentives for the fence sitters to, mm. to pay for a ticket to, to come to the show or to buy the t-shirt or buy the CD. And even those people would still complain anyway. Mm. And you think, do I really want people that complain over dollars and cents and maybe just put all my attention and focus on the people that not that you would take advantage of them, but they're not going to question something that you put out because they just, they automatically see the value in it. And yes, I mean, I've certainly seen examples of bands that go on the other end of the spectrum where everything is way too expensive Mm. and there's a bit of cockiness that sort of comes from that. But, um, you know, coming back to that sweet spot, I think that if, you know, we're, we're, we're in this weird time, at least, you know, from what I can see, it's like we're transitioning from this, culture of mass consumption mm. and i think people you know the whole minimalist stuff and people decluttering mm. their lives and, mm. and i've gone through that and i think it's like anything when you start to think about things yourself you start to see it everywhere but i i've seen a lot of people that have started to be more intentional with what they do with their money and so it's not just a case of you know stereotypically going to a gig smashing a few beers and just buying one of everything now it's like uh, do I actually need all this or do I want to buy that? You know, do I, you know, maybe I'll just buy the CD that I want or the shirt that I want instead of I've got 50 million black T-shirts in my cupboard. Mm. I probably don't need another five tonight. Maybe I'll just get one. And so suddenly people are, when they do purchase something, they see the value in it and they cherish it so much more than just, uh, just hauling. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I, I don't have enough money for one CD. 
because you know CDs were 30 35 bucks a pop and you know by the time mum gave you enough money to sort of get into the city and buy some lunch or whatever you'd have just enough money to buy a CD uh, with the leftover money and so you'd be on the train or the bus going home and you're reading the liner notes and you sit there in front of the stereo and you're listening to the music and you just you're totally like you're forcing yourself to get into it because you've spent so much money on this little thing in front of you and there's so much information in there but then when I started getting a job and started getting money, I'm buying like, oh, I've got five CDs, why not? Mm. Then I buy 10. And then at one point I was like buying, like I just haul and get 30 odd CDs as like a discount bin. I'm like, and then suddenly I wasn't reading the liner notes anymore. I wasn't paying attention to the lyrics. I'd just be like, and getting to a point where you start digitizing your music onto the computer mm. and then the CD never get used again, just gets put into a cupboard or a shelf. And then you start to devalue everything because it's just like, it's just a churn and burn. It becomes mm. this methodical autopilot thing that you do because you can. Just analog Spotify, really, at yeah. that level. But even yeah. even then, with that much, like, CDs coming in, that you're probably still absorbing them more than, say, like, you know, like today's generation. Like, I've, there's, there's got to be something said for that experience of, you know, these things are like 20-something bucks a pop, you know, and mm. I'm going to read the thing back to front and listen to it over and over and over again. Like, I remember, like, I only had that experience again recently with, and look, maybe the new generation is going to receive that experience again of, with, you know, vinyl being a big mm. thing again, of sitting there, like, and listening to music being the thing you are doing yeah. at that time, you know, not this, you know, occurrence with, you know, it's the not, thing that you're doing. It's not the soundtrack in the background while you yeah. do something else, which is fine. And yeah. I think music can can motivate and pump you up to do different things. But mm. yeah, like you know, you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't do other things when you were mm. listening to music. You had your stereo, which meant you had to be in the room. You couldn't walk away. Mm. And you know, I, I mean, I'm pretty much I'm about the same age as you. And you know, had the Walkman. Mm. Then the Discmans came out, which were like I remember buying a Discman, like a Sony Discman, for like. $400 oh, or something like that. Just And it, it was like the first version of like the anti-skip, which was... Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Which if you just moved it any more than like just a little bit off the sort of a horizontal position, then it would skip. But yeah. that was the version of anti-skip. So you, could, you couldn't take it anywhere. Yeah. It was just something that you just picked up and moved to a different room then put it on a table and then just sat there and listened to it. Yeah. But you couldn't, you couldn't do other things. Like unless yeah. you were in that same room, that was it. And... You absorb so much more, but I mean, I do it now. Like I've, I've got Spotify Premium, yep. And I'm like, I, you know, if I get bored, I can't think of what to listen to. I'll go to like Discover Weekly or whatever or new releases, and I hate it. But I will go like first bar. I go, what shit next? Yeah. Next, next. <laughs> I know I'm back to the first song again. I'm like, oh, already? And mm. then, and then sometimes I'll actually force myself to listen to a couple of them all the way through. But you get into this churn and burn thing. I'm, I'm trying to avoid that so hard. I mean, how many albums, like I've just known over the course of my life, all my most favorite albums, you know, I didn't get it until like the fifth or sixth entire listen all the way yep. through. And then they've stuck with me for like, you know, yeah, for, for like years on end. Whereas, and, you know, some things that I've just loved instantly, yep. you know, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with it after a few weeks. But like, the amount of when you've only say got like a few CDs, like the like the depths you would go to. Like I remember, you know, when I started like playing drums and like just getting into music more. And you know, Mum would you know because we had a turntable yeah. then, you know, was giving me you know her vinyls. And it turned out she owned like 
Abbey Road and Black Sabbath and Led oh, Zeppelin. Cool. I'm like, since when were you cool? Like, <laughs> and um, and hearing like, and this is more or less like you know my metal origin story, but like hearing you know She's So Heavy by the Beatles, yeah, which yeah. is like I think that was like one of the first downtuned songs ever because yeah, it was yeah. like in Drop D or something. Yeah. And just like that outro, like just evil, doomy riff, but yeah. and then it gets all atmospheric, and there's like more drum fills and stuff, and obviously the drumming on that's like blowing my mind. And actually, like you know, because you had like the the tape deck in there as well, and just recording just the outro over and over and oh, over. Really? Yeah, I, so I had one <laughs> side of a tape that was the outro to "She's So Heavy" on like just an endless loop, and I'll just like and just play it, and it's just like like that's so funny. Yeah, it's like it would. Yeah, well, the opportunity for that isn't really there because, like, there was just this. You just, oh well, I guess I'm going to put this thing on again, you know. And all of a sudden, something captures your imagination. You become obsessed with it, like it. And I'm sure, like, just <laughs> that's so funny because it's like, it's like when you're you've got the the cassette and you're dubbing like whatever's on the radio and you're listening to like one of the sort of the late night hard rock or metal programs on some one of the, like, I don't know, like a triple M or whatever. And you sit in there and you're like getting ready to press like the play and record button at the same time to try and catch yeah. the song. And then they would always cut in before like the last few bars of the song yeah. with like the announcer talking over it going, Oh, and that's Metallica, blah, blah, next stuff. And then you're like, Oh fuck. And so then you go back and then try and edit that. So it would cut off before the person's voice came in. So for years, like I had like mixtapes off the radio where I didn't even know what the end of that song sounded like. All right. I was so used to the song ending on a particular, like, offbeat or something that was really random, yep. which sounded ridiculous, but it became so natural because that's all I ever listened to. I became obsessed with that version of the song. And then when I eventually bought the vinyl or the CD or whatever, and I listened to it, I went, oh, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. It sounds weird. It's just like the extended mix. It's like, no, that's actually the proper song. I'm like, oh, okay, no worries. But um, yeah, to to clip like the the end of the song and just loop it over, it's yeah. just like. But that's that's that's, so cool. that's me. It would have been just, ingrained in your head. Yeah, just getting like super. You know, I mean, I mean, that was around the time I started playing drums. Yeah. So like, that's obviously obviously said a lot about what was capturing my imagination, and that's all I had. You know, yeah. so I didn't have like a big you know pile of CDs and stuff to go through. I mean, that's all, you know because I mean now I you know play a lot of heavy music. Yeah. It's like I mean I. You know, if I could play everything, I would play everything, but I just keep, like, I seem to have a penchant for that stuff. Like, it's, you know, I enjoy playing all styles, but that just seems to be a style that, and for, for some reason, I'm, you know, I'm better at it just than the others. It's just, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, for some reason, like, my brain can make that stuff work better than the other stuff. You know, I'll watch, like, a neo soul player or a gospel dude and just be like, fuck, I wish I could do that. That is so sick. You know, or just like watching a band like that and be like, man, I'd love to do a band like that. And, you know, and not because I'm doing so much metal, I would just love to be able to do mm. all these different bands and, you know, the styles of drumming are cool in all of them. Um, you know, and I can do them to an extent and it, maybe it is just the lack of experience, but for some reason it's like playing metal just makes the most sense to my body. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, guitarists where, you know, you can have somebody that can have like the sheet music in front of them and I won't, I won't use a, like a, a classical, you know, um, player because I think that's a different, different world altogether. But Absolutely. For, for like a guitarist, you know, they could have like the sheet music in front of them for a different style of music or even just a different style of player. And you can nail it and get it completely right. But then you haven't got that extra element of that feel on top of it that mm. completely defines you and separates you from everything else. It, it, otherwise, it, it just sounds like too, 
stale and structured. And I'm sure that's the same sort of thing where I'm sure if you out of repetition, just immersing yourself in, in those other styles that you would, you would get to the level that you would, you would set yourself against. But um, I think a lot of it is like you, you know, like using the gospel drummer as, a, as an example, mm. the feel that that person would have mm. playing that style would be completely different to any sort of feel that you would have yeah. with all the music that you do. And so, yes, like you can get the patterns and you can get everything in place and get the structure of the song, but you're not going to have that, that 1% extra that's going to make the difference. Yeah, and yeah, even to, I mean, I, mean, I think I've... I think I've been playing for me 23 years now or something like that. So, and I still can't really work out what that thing is. But I think it's that thing of, like I was saying about, you know, just having that loop on the tape for like half an hour. It's like that thing that's inside you that makes the most, mm. it makes the most sense. And that's probably, and, and I don't think it, it, it can't just be immersion, I guess. You know, it's like every time, say like when I was studying, so I studied um, music for three years mm. um, after I finished high school and there, were, there was the opportunity to play fucking anything. Like you yeah. could do anything you wanted there. And, um, you know, and just every time it's, and it's not, and I was practicing everything like because that was the place to do it. I was practicing everything under the sun. Mm. I had a, had a Latin book, I had a jazz book. Yeah. I had exercises for everything and I was working on all of it and, you know, and I was, playing all of it too you know in you know because yeah those opportunities were were there mm. and um but yeah whenever it was like something that was heavy it's just it was just like just like breathing you understand the essence of it whatever, yeah. whatever that is and it's not it's not a tangible thing and it's not something where people can go you know yes here's your checklist if you want to play this style of music and these are the things that you got to be um, competent in and be able to do but the essence part of it is just something that either comes to people or it doesn't. It's just, it's, it's like a, it's, it's not tangible. It's so hard mm. to explain. I think, you know, the, you know, people talk about uh, flow states. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's the best example, but I sort of associate it a little bit with flow states because flow states where you sort of get into a, into a flow, mm. um, but it becomes something that's second nature and you, are able to do whatever you're doing to a level that consciously you probably wouldn't be able to achieve. Hmm. And that comes from repetition, but I think it also comes from being able to absorb, it sounds so woo-woo, hmm. <laughs> but it's the, hmm. the real essence behind it. It's it, you, something clicks and I don't know what it is. And I think maybe it's the, the 10,000 million hours that they talk about with mastery and yeah. things like that. But I think it's understanding, maybe like, you know, if you think about, I mean, maybe, maybe for for harder music, or maybe for the gospel. The gospel example is a good one because I think you could probably stereotype a, a fair bit with that. The story of gospel, mm. the culture behind it, mm. um, what it means to people on a deeper level than just music yeah. or just performing, and you've got all these additional things that are added to it. So then, people's emotion comes through the way that they play, the way that they express themselves, and. I think when people are able to link the story in behind it all, mm. then I think that's when the essence comes out. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, I could just be talking out of my ass now, but I just, that's things that sort of make sense. And I, I think why some people gravitate towards some things and do really well versus other things where they don't quite get it. It doesn't quite click. Yeah. It's that, it's that's, you know, it's like that little spark in something, you know, it's mm. the reason why, you know, 
you're doing what you're doing and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm playing the drums and not any other instrument. Yeah. You know, I love to tinker on other stuff. It's, you know, whenever, you know, or, you know, if someone's like a, a painter or something, it's why you go, cause you know, you go through primary school and high school and you do all these different subjects and all these different things. And then all of a sudden there's this one thing that, you know, it's not, it's not even that you're suddenly good at it. It's that, you know, that flow state thing that, you know, that, and you can, you know, and people can experience that in other things, not mm. just in a, uh, you know, in a work, you know, it's like watching a movie just yep. where like time just falls away and you're so engrossed. And, but of course it has to be the right movie too. Like, you know, it's got to be the, you know, for you as a person. Um, you got to identify with something. In yeah. It's got to you know, have that prior connection where, you know, whatever it, you you can identify with whatever is going on yeah. it could be like the most subconscious element of you know the movie or the piece of music or the the sport that you've chosen or the industry that you work in i mean you know your part of your story or part of that essence if that's the right word would be mm. that story that you just said where you know you had this this end of this Beatles song on yeah. on repeat and yeah. you dubbed it like that and you just you listen to it and that becomes your story. That becomes the why, yeah. which is your framework to everything that came afterwards. So, you know, no matter where you go on on your journey and playing mm. with all these different people and and all the achievements that you that you you put under your belt as you go, and you can always go back to that baseline. Yeah. You know? And when you get lost along the way and you think, what the, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Mm. Like, what have I done? Mm. You sort of go, bam. Right well, that's back. that's like that's like the metric by which you're sort of you know, like almost like measuring the quality of your experience mm. because those are the, like, for me, that's where, what I should be looking towards. Yep. Like those things that are just, you know, like, you know, you, you pick the people mm. like you, like your, you know, your friends are the people that you have those moments with, like where you sit around the table and it's just like, it's at three in the morning. What the fuck? Like, you know, and not, you know, not just, not cause you've been pissing on, but like, because <laughs> even though, you know, pissing on does help with that. Um, but like, you know, because you're just letting go of things and time falls away and you're having these experiences and it's the same on the, you know, on the stage as well. And, um, and yeah, the gospel thing like is a good example because like I just it really stuck out to me when, um, like in an interview, D'Angelo, um, you know, soul dude was like saying that he only ever hires gospel musicians because they've, they always play in church and it's like, when you know when you're playing for god you've got nowhere to hide you know you can't you know you can't you can't fool him yeah well, so you've got to you've got to be the real deal when you're performing well yeah. so you That's have an to interesting re- way of looking at yeah it. Hey, you, like so you really you have want to some reliable high quality musicians yeah that's where you go yeah someone yeah someone <laughs> who's like just you're going to get that level of performance like that level of um authenticity in yeah. what you're doing because so cool. you know you're playing to someone who can't be deceived <laughs> so i love that yeah love that. What a, yeah <laughs> it's such a it's such a smart way of of looking at it do you think that i mean a lot of i'm just gonna turn the heater on yeah i've got a jacket here but like uh, I feel oh. whenever I'm like talking to someone with a jacket on, I feel like I'm about to leave. Oh. So like I get really weird. So um, I'm oh, like, right, I'm gonna test out the um, I should probably actually just as a as an aside because we're in Anubis Studios at the moment. I've just moved into a permanent space here. Well, I was gonna ask you about this because um, you've got you've got a pretty good setup here. This is and like- I was gonna say you you don't pack this all down every single time i was for a while yeah. um so 
like I had sort of like an electronic kit set up at yep. home. And, um, and you know, some rehearsal joints I would use, like mm. house kits and stuff like that or whatever. But um, I was going back to like setting up and packing down. But then sort of the opportunity came up to actually rent out a room. This place is about 10 minutes from where I live. So, um, you know, being actually able to practice your actual instrument is just a next level thing. So I'm actually looking forward to getting some proper actual practice in and getting some good improvement here. So I'm, yeah, I'm distracting you a bit tonight. With- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Um, I'm still sort of, you know, setting up and all that sort of stuff, but it's I'm cool, sharing, man. but, um, this isn't the final where we like, we're sharing the room just around the corner that's yep. still being built, okay. but, um, but they've put us in here for now. So I'm sharing this room with Dave Haley. Yeah. Nice. Um, so we'll probably, you know, I mean, he, you know, he practices during the day, practice during the afternoon so works out well it's worked out really well but we're probably going to get together and you know sort of you know have some jams and stuff like that so i think it's um i mean it's definitely one of those things where you can definitely justify the i mean definitely because you've got to share the thing going as well but you can justify investing that sort of money because you know the return on investment is oh yeah because you've got and look i mean you can say it for any instrument, but especially for drums. You can't just go and, oh, I'm just going to have a bash around on the drums this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, go, oh, and I'm look, I, I can, I'm, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from guitarists. Like, there is, you know, something to having a cab in front of you being yeah. played the way you're going to play it. But, I mean, especially today, like, just, you know, you can have, like, an amp sim and a set of headphones and have a wicked tone that you mm. can jam on. and. Yeah. This is your guitar that you're going to be playing at every rehearsal and every show and all that sort of stuff. So... Yeah, it's yeah, it's night and day really when it when it comes to comes to this sort of thing. Even like some of the best electronic kits, it's just like it's um you know I've I've made it work for you know for me for the longest time. Yeah. But um yeah, compared to yeah, actually getting on the real deal, it's it's a, uh, it's a nice luxury. I mean, yeah. it but it becomes I think it it just raises your standards I think as well because you're investing you're, inve- yeah. you're re- reinvesting back in yourself and it's not just about the stereotypical. Well, I'll just I'm going to pay for better gear. Yeah, it's it's better everything. Yeah, well, look, I when the opportunity was there, I looked at the numbers and I'm like, look, I can make this work. Um, because, but yeah, it's that return. I'm like, it's with all the things that are coming up, all these tours. It's like you know, I'm wanting to put more work in and you know, make a you know, basically create a better product, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is the way to do it. How many times would you come in here each week? If I can, well, once I'm up and running, I'll probably be in here every day because yep. there's no, no reason why I can't. I mean, even if, because it's, so, it is the kind of thing where I can just, you know, come in and, you know, even if I just come in and play for 20 minutes and just keep my hands moving and all that sort of stuff. Because I sort of got into the habit of, um, with even practicing at work, like, you know, I wasn't doing that. Mm. Like, but leading up to the last Hate or More recording, I was just struggling with, getting the material just to stay in my head. So I just started taking a pair of sticks to work and the sheet music and, you know, during my, you know, lunch, you know, lunch breaks, I'll just sit there and, you know, I just found a bench and would just start tapping away on it. <laughs> and then once the recording came and went, yeah. it's like, why don't, why aren't I just doing this all the time? So I started bringing like, you know, my technique books from home and yeah, once it's lunchtime, I pick up the sticks and keep practicing. And I've been noticing it. Like we're talking like 20 minutes a day of hand technique, which is, you know, it's not, you know, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, and that's excluding like any practice during the mm. afternoon. And the world of difference has been enormous. Like, I mean, anyone, I mean, anyone worth their salt knows that like a little bit every day is 
more productive than say a one three hour session a week. You know, it's. I think most people know, but what's the right word? They know, but they don't know. Like, yeah. Like everyone knows in theory, but I think when it comes to themselves in their situation, I'm certainly a sucker for this. Where I'll, I'll think, I don't have the time to to do something, and then I realise that if I'm breaking it down to small chunks, then it's a lot easier to achieve. I'm thinking about the 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 whole thing. I'm thinking about the, the yep. big picture, and I'm thinking about how hard it is to get from where I am now to wherever that end goal is. Mm. And you know, rehearsing, practicing, you know, everything. I mean, whether it be podcasting or playing or whatever, you know, you've you know, investing five, ten minutes, twenty minutes a day to just chip away at things, mm. even just from muscle memory, is just the most amazing thing. But I think we 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 tend to think that we've got to do more than what we're doing. It's so yeah. we overcommit. Yeah, well. and it's like, and that's probably my biggest sort of struggle for, and it's for a lot of things too, because, I mean, aside from those, you know, breaks that can, uh, you know, mm. work that can only be like, you know, 10 minutes or so, but, you know, I'll, you know, if I practice, like, I'll, you know, if I'm limited, then, you know, I might get like an hour, an hour and a mm. half on the kit or something like that, but yep. I'm still perfectly capable of churning out three to four hours or something like that on a, you know, if the, t- if the time's there. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, it's always been getting going. Like I was having, you know, I was just going through this sort of a motivational slump at one point and, you know, I was, you know, talking to my psychologist about it and I was just like, I've got no problems doing like, you know, just like one, anywhere from one to five hours in a session and I'll, and I'll love it. Um, but it's just, you know, even just getting on and doing a little bit it's just it's the routine just, that's off-putting well it was just the fact that she's like you know that once you start that single moment where you yeah, make that decision yeah. <laughs> you know it's going to be like this massive session and so and so i've just that's where i've just left my focus with everything i'm doing like going to the gym it's like just get through the door that's you right. know because if that's i start it. thinking about like oh man it's gonna be really hard i'm gonna be doing all this. Yeah. um you know that's when you start to talk yourself out of it or you know go into a jujitsu class or, or any of that sort of stuff it's just everything for me now is just like just get on the drums get through the door turn up to class just start the thing um it's and for anything really it's just like getting to the just the doing moment just the starting point and just being happy with you know just just sucking at things a million times over but it's like anyone i know who is just just getting anywhere with anything you know they're they're not they don't have their heads, you know, buried in, you know, piles of theory or anything like that. They're just doing shit and they don't care if, you know, if they're getting it right or not. They're just staying in the game and it's just, it's the only, it's, it's the only way. So like, I've just always heard, that's what's been keeping me going is erring on the side of whatever the actionable option is. Just do it. I'll do that. You know, they say like, you know, bad decision is better than no decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I've just been... I think I think people when they say oh I'm, I'm a perfectionist I think mm. it's more I'm a procrastinator because I think you you people well pe- there's a few things people are too scared to fail mm. they're too scared to do something that they believe is crap or subpar or whatever but I think it's just I think it's I think there's an element of all of us that is a little bit lazy I think you know we'll, mm. we'll always try and find the best way to cruise through something, situation through the day, through the hour, through the minute, whatever it might be. And so if, we, if we've got two paths in front of us, one is slightly more difficult than the other, then we're going to 
we're going to lean on naturally lean to the one that's going to be easier even if the harder one is going to be a better return mm. and you're going to get more out of it you're you're always focused on that first decision that first step whatever it might be and that's the hardest thing and and i think people don't stop often enough to be able to sort of think about it and understand that all i need to do is just that one thing everything else that happens afterwards is just like a chain reaction it happens afterwards mm-hmm. and they talk about you know writing or um, illustrating, drawing, and things like that, and they go, just show up every mm-hmm. day and just write, write, draw, and you know, every day for the next month could be utter rubbish, mm-hmm. but it will get you to a point quicker that you'll be able to start producing something of quality. Mm. And I think people will not commence because they don't want to go through that that first experience of, oh, this is shit, blah, blah, blah. And so they'll find every excuse to go down the easier path. And it's the same with drumming or exercise. And I know you do jujitsu as well. Mm. That would scare the living shit out of me. (laughs) Um, But that's one of those things where, like anything in life, I think if you could break through that first step and walk into the room or get started or make the decision to get into the car and go to the destination or whatever it might be, Mm. then... That's that's three quarters of the battle done. Yeah, and I think because like, I got I got into jujitsu because of you just so many people just talk about this like this is oh it just it just changed my life it just changed my life yeah. and it's just like and I definitely find that when I'm sort of consistently training say you know say three times a week that yeah everything else is just falling into place and I don't know what they maybe because every session is just this microcosm of those just go for it decisions mm. and like and and you know and the cost of you know of those wrong decisions are you know are, <laughs> it's like you get you know you're such get, a pussy i'm just like yeah, you're getting your, you're getting your joints ripped apart you're yeah. getting choked like all yeah. kinds of things so you know maybe that's what it is yeah. i mean it is an incredibly difficult thing to do yeah. and uh you know to make the decision to turn up every week and and it is it is a very like you know because everyone is most of the people there like you know just super nerdy it's just like this it's a very nerdy martial art yeah. and maybe it is that marriage of the physicality with the intellectualizing you know together yeah. that sort of just i don't know that that really drives people but it's i think you know just putting yourself through that for you know say a 1 hour class it's then that's going to feed into your next thing like all the, it's I mean, it's it's like it's all habit forming, I guess. It's know. probably it's probably like the whole adversity thing. If mm. you know, you, if you if you can get through a session where you're really being challenged, like mm. psychologically, physically, and you come out of that and you've proven to yourself mentally mm. that you you did it and you're able to do it and you can do it again, that pretty much everything else that you're doing in your normal day to day life is not really that extreme in comparison in 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 different ways. But you could probably go, you know what, I if I can do that, then most of these other things that I can do, mm. while they still might give me a feeling of, uh, you know, being uncomfortable or being a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I can definitely do them because I've just been through something that's been so physically and psychologically demanding. And not only are you doing it, you're losing badly while doing it. So <laughs> it's like, and you have no other option, like while you're there, because everyone else, you know, particularly like you know as you're starting like mm. everyone else is way way better than you so they're just going to kill you repeatedly and 
as you get better, they're getting better too. And not to mention, they're just going to start turning the dial up as well. And so you go in, just like eat it for an hour and then smile and walk out the door and move on with your life. So I don't know what it, what it, but it's like, if you can, you know, if you can do that to yourself, it's like everything else just seems really easy. And just to be like, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym or eat properly. Um, it's, it's been very hard for me to ignore that correlation where, you know, I'm, I'm definitely someone where either everything's going really well or I'm just I'm just getting by and then it's like all right <laughs> I've just got to go from square one like Don't me and a, me and a friend the other day were just having this massive laugh about how um cuz she's someone who works extraordinarily hard as well runs her own business and yep. all that sort of stuff and just about how like you know we we spent like a, a week getting just 8 hours sleep and just how better everything was and it was just <laughs> like how that just fixed everything but yep. just like like that's a pretty rudimentary thing, but this was just blowing our minds. You know, that, <laughs> just get it. Like you're that. always on the brink of just. Not, it sounds so extreme, but not everything falling apart, but just sort of losing that that flow, losing that momentum, where suddenly things become disjointed, and it's that reset button that I think you have to allow yourself to do every every so often, where it becomes something expected. Like mm. you expect that you're going to have a not a slump because slump sounds like it's such a, a horrible thing but it's something where you you become a little bit disjointed out of whatever that might be your routines mm. out of whack or you miss a couple of things along the way and so you've lost you've lost that particular aspect which then feeds into everything else but i think that's the whole point of it you know it can't be it's like anything in life and this is so you know such a cliche but like nothing comes easy you know yeah. everything comes through adversity and if everything was easy then everybody would do it and I mean, for me, like the self-talk that I do now compared to what I used to, I like to think it's, it's considerably better, but when I'm having like a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, mm. I'm sort of just thinking, well, it's only one of those things. It's only one day. It's only one week. It's only one month because I know that I've certainly had worse or I've been at a similar level in the past and I picked back up. Mm. and then I've gone back down and I pick back up and that's just life. Yeah. It's never going to be this gradual increase, this incline mm. of life where it just, just gets better victory. and better. Yeah. Just, yeah, just on the, uh, on the escalator yeah. to greatness. But the thing is, is and I keep telling a lot of look, people close to me and friends, it's just the times where it becomes shit and becomes disjointed and you, you sort of fall off the rails that's the time where you've got the advantage because that's where most people go, I'm out. Mm. I'm throwing the towel in. This is fucked. Like I've got more important things in life to worry about. This is not working for me. I'm shit at doing this. I'm shit at doing that. It's never going to work. And so that's when you're, if you've got a bit more of a competitive nature as well, if you're running in a pack and then you get to this point, then that's when a large chunk of that pack disappears. That's where they stop. And anybody that can get through that period and come out the other side, even if they're just barely barely scraping by, but if they get through, you're already further away from that pack and you're already in such a better position than everybody else because not only have you gritted your teeth and got through it, but you probably become stronger from it, probably learned a lot more about yourself as well. Mm. You've It's the same thing of, of going through something that's physically demanding, going through that adversity where you're pushing yourself through these barriers where most people would not 
dare to do mm. and you learn so much more about yourself where you, i mean just the jiu-jitsu stuff like no doubt the way that you interact with people the way that you interact with situations you probably and you can correct me from off the mark but you probably have so much more of a calmness and a, and a lot more patience and understanding and a lot more of the thinking before you act or thinking before you speak approach because you can understand the velocity or of the intense nature of going through those more physically and psychologically demanding situations where if you're dealing with somebody that's having a whinge or someone that's irritating you a little bit, it's like, it's not that bad. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, like my interactions in general have, you know, improved like significantly, like saying that calmness and all that kind of stuff and just across the board. And, you know, maybe it is because, you know, like particularly with say confrontation, like, you know, the worst thing that can happen and, you know, it's, it's never happened to me, but it is that, you know, somehow, you know, like, you know, there's like a threat of violence or something like that. But if you're actually confronting it, you know, on a regular basis, then, you sort of start to know what you're dealing with. And even from, obviously it's not, you know, it's at least for me anyway, it's, it's never on the radar, Mm. but it definitely has that, that impact, you know, because while if this, you know, threat of violence is nowhere on the, on the, on the cards, then what's the worst that can happen in just this interaction with this other person. So, yeah, but it's, um, what you were saying before, like about, that sort of quitting point. Like I remember someone, I can't remember who it was, but they were sort of saying it was, and it was definitely music industry based, but it was like, they said like, if you know, if you don't feel like quitting, you're not doing it right. Yeah. And it's like, and I like that, which yeah. is funny. Cause like every time I hit that point, it's like, is this the point? And then it's like, you know, I keep pushing through, but, and I was having a similar conversation with, um, you know, my same friend who's a PT who runs her business and she's insanely busy with um, what she's doing and runs a lot of programs and all that kind of stuff. And um, at one point a while ago, you know, she was a bit bit down on it and was like, you know, same sort of thing, like experiencing a lot of yeah. like self-doubt and all this other stuff. And I sort of just came out with it. I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was along the lines of like, you are – like, you know, you're a personal trainer. You are in the business of creating progress through failure. Like, that's what, that yeah. is, that, that is what Absolutely. weightlifting is. It's yeah. like, you know, you don't, it's not, you know, it's not about like you, you know, you say you're doing 10 reps or whatever. It's that final rep where you cannot do any more and the muscles tear and all the damage happens and you have to stop. Like, that's the one where all the all the muscle is built and all the progress is made. And I always keep, you know, whenever I'm talking to people about this kind of stuff, I keep bringing it back to that because that's where the magic happens. Like if you can really just hit up against the wall and be like, like we're talking about people who just do stuff. It's like, that's why they're getting somewhere because like we, particularly like with, you know, the um, highlight reel that everyone shows on Facebook, yeah. it's, um, you're, we, we're only really seeing people's successes and it's easy to people go, it's like, oh, well, look at this guy. He's just kicking ass, like nonstop. It's just like, wow. But, you know, we're not seeing the hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of, you know, just fuck failures, failures and fuck ups yep. and embarrassments and all this sort of stuff because, you know, no one's in a rush to show that stuff off. You know, it's always like, I did this, you know, here's the thing I did, you know, and just what, you know, brushing away all the, you know, failures along the way. But it's, you know, and I think people just go, oh, you know, 
you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go, th- you know, I'm just going to mess that up. It's like, yeah, you are, <laughs> you know, and you have to. And it's, that's why those people get so, you know, do so well is because they're doing. And then eventually, you know, they just, you know, they just know how to do well better. And it's, you know, and I'm still experiencing that too. Like I was at the drummers weekend yeah. on the weekend, uh, funnily enough. And, um, <laughs> and, um, which is like a, you know, it's a national, you know, drumming expo and whatnot, which is pretty much where it's like, it's like the, the NAM for drumming yeah. in Australia. So everyone's there, you know, it's sort of a, you know, big get together. And it was, you know, it was ace, you know, I got to catch up with everyone, but I'm just looking around the room, just like, you know, you just, you know, you name it, who's who Australian drumming was there. And I'm just like hanging out and catching up with people. And I'm just like, I have no business being here around, you know, and this <laughs> having this same conversation with all these people, like, yeah. you know, it's, but, you know, I'll just, you know, keep, uh, you know, keep fooling them. Like it's, I but still very much feel that way. It's relative, isn't it? Because I mean, there'd be a bunch of dudes out there who've probably seen you play in a number of different scenarios with different bands and probably just think, man, that's what I want to do mm. and would be really sort of um, really inspired by the things that you do and the productivity, the work ethic that you have and what you've achieved. And, and I think it also, the way that the way that you present yourself out there, I think is important as well mm. because, you know, going back to the scenarios you said before, I think a lot of people tend to put their highlight reel out there all the time. Mm. And, um, I don't think you, you go on the other extreme or anything like that, but I think you just you just put everything out there and I think there's that authentic aspect of it. But mm. it also demonstrates everything that you're involved with, everything that you like, everything that you mm. enjoy, but all the things that you go through. And I think that for a lot of people would be inspiring. And so it's all relative. It's 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 that person to that person to that person to that person. Yeah, absolutely. And for you to be in a situation where maybe the day before not thinking about going to this thing and just thinking about, you know, what you're doing and going, yep, no, things are going well. I'm, mm. I'm kicking goals and, and everything's happening. Yeah. And then go into this scenario where it's like, oh, wow, like maybe I feel like I've got a long way to go. Uh, I'm not, I shouldn't be in the same room as these people, but it, that's inspiring. That's yeah, I mean, we're well. all very much thinking about where we want to be. Like, and otherwise you wouldn't be interested in moving forward because yeah. you're wanting to be somewhere else mm. and and yeah it's it is very important to take stock because if i, I mean like if i really thought like this 24/7 then i probably well and truly would have mm. you know put it away by now but something that really put things in perspective for me is um you know i was rehearsing not long ago and a friend's band was playing uh, was rehearsing nearby um we've been long time close friends and they had some friends of theirs over who were, and some of them, one of them was a guy I hadn't seen in a really, really long time. And mm. we started playing drums around the same time from the same teacher and all that sort of stuff. And, and he hasn't really played drums in a long, long time. And he was just like, um, and he's running his own business and, you know, doing really, really well mm. out of it. But, um, but he just remarked on it. And it had nothing to do with anything I was doing specifically. Mm. He's just like, man, you just get to play drums. Like, that's just, like that is just the sickest like because of you know because of what he's doing like yeah. he can't even get behind a kit like he wasn't even talking about you know like doing unify or you know or doing a tour of here there or this that and the mm. other um it was just like the fact that most of most days of the week I'm behind a kit yeah and 
that is something that I just, until that point, hadn't realized how much I'd taken just that fact alone for granted that mm. I can just get behind a kit cool. and just do the thing. I was just like, holy shit. I was just like, you know, I was like, I actually thanked him. I was like, man, you just like sort of, because I'm thinking like, I got this coming up. I got, I got to be ready for this. It's like, God, I still haven't got this part. Like, <laughs> really, you know, this isn't, man, he's doing that really well. Wish I could do that, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. meanwhile, he's just blown out on the fact that I can even have the luxury to set up a kit and get behind it. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then it comes <laughs> back to like having that balance of not being um, stuck in one world, one or the other worlds. Like, you know, having that spark where you get a bit of perspective and you, you can have some uh, some gratitude of where you are and what you're doing, but then not sit in that for too long and go back to putting yourself under the stress and the pressure in a healthy way to keep you going, to keep what you have, but also to, to build on it and continue to get better and better. So, and I think that's a difficult thing to do because we, we tend to, we tend to swing really mm. dramatically with, with where we are mentally. And I think if you can, for me, I'm, I'm always on the, I need to do the next thing. I need to do the next mm. thing. And I don't do all the cliches like stopping the smell of the roses or, you know, really appreciating mm. what I've got. I'm always like, what's the next thing I need to do? And I do that and I'm like, okay, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And then after a while, I get to that point where I'm having a crisis going, what am I doing with my life? I've got no idea where I'm going or what I want to do. And then, then I have to sort of really stop. And once again, it's that reset where you go, what have I done? And sort of reflect and then think about what would the... 15-year-old me think? What would the 20-year-old me think? Mm. What would the 25-year-old me think? Or what was I doing back then compared to what I'm doing now? And then you sort of go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I'm doing, I'm doing good things. And then then you can start to dip your toe back into the stress again, but at least you're a little bit more, it's a little bit more clarity instead of just fumbling your way forward all the time panicking. Yeah, well, I actually, actually found that out quite literally. One time I was... Cleaning out my studio because it's a mess. It's always a mess. Mm. Um, this isn't going to remain. I mean, this is already a mess. I've been here for a day. Oh, it's but, not too bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, you, you wait. Um, but I was cleaning out um, my studio. This is a few years ago now. And just going through just piles of paper and stuff because I don't like to throw shit out. Yeah. So I was just making sure it was stuff that I, wanted, that I um, you know, didn't need. And I found this thing that was typed out. And it was something that my drum teacher got me to do when I was about 14, 15. And, um, and he was like sort of one of the first teachers that really, really wanted to get me amped up about, you know, what I wanted to do with myself and all this sort of stuff. So he yeah. made me type, you know, sort of type up this list of like all the goals and stuff that I wanted, all oh, the stuff yeah? I want to do on a molder. Oh, and I found that and I'd done all of it. Oh, really? And I was just like, <laughs> and I, I kind of just like stood there in shock. It's just, and I was in that mode of just like, I want to. Was it all music, music based things? All music, music goals? yeah, music and industry kind of stuff. Yeah. It was like, and it was like, particularly at the time, because I was just getting, I'd, that was when I, I had the snap, you know, yeah. and just went into full nerd mode and I was like practicing eight hours a day and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And it was just like. So was it so like playing, playing a large show? Or yeah, it was like, or... it was, you know, it was like, you know, going overseas. It was, you know, stuff to do with endorsements yeah. and even down to like the types of bands I wanted to be playing with and right. yeah. all this sort of stuff. There was like six or seven different things on there. And it's like, I'd done them all like ages ago like and it was like and i was already just like yep yeah, that's, that's, that's in the past i really wish i kept that piece of paper actually because then that way i could just look at that and just go look you this was perfectly fine by you and it's like yeah 
I mean, I mean, I don't know how, like, on one hand, how much do you want to trust the intuitions of a 15 year old? Like, there's, there is that, but yeah, you've, you've got to take stock, you know, and give you, give yourself a little bit of a break. And because we're talking about like these ebbs and flows too of behavior and productivity, it's just like, and once again, you know, bringing up, um, you know, you know, my friend that we have these discussions all the time because we're both the same. We, we're burning hot and cold and it's just like just running in the red and then like, <laughs> but those times where I have like a really sort of conservative lifestyle where I'm just like getting, you know, getting my eight hours of sleep and I just say, okay, I'm only going to do my, I'm going to just lock it off. I'm just going to do my three classes of jujitsu a week. I'm just going to do my half hour to 40 minutes at the gym and I'm not going to kill myself. I'm just going to make sure I do enough. Yeah. Get your you know, on. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, and, you know, eat well during the day, but, you know, I'm going to have some carbs. I'm going to have my, you know, pizza on Friday. And and it's just like, and even though that kind of lifestyle is a little bit more, you know, you know, vanilla in a way because you're not, you know, Jocko willinking your way <laughs> through life. Yeah. It's like I'm getting, but it's like, man, I'm getting so much done because I'm consistent. I'm like developing that consistency. I'm not like, you know, just running in the red for ages, just like, yeah, just killing it, killing it, killing it, killing it. And then you give yourself the flu or it's just like, you know, you shut down because, you know, you've been running in the red for so long. I think, um, yeah, I think if you've got your baseline there, I think that that just keeps keeps things moving no matter what. And you can fluctuate and you can go up and down mm-hmm. as, as you go. But I think if you've got a consistent baseline, that makes makes all the difference. And I think it's it's also that reassuring aspect to yourself where you can sort of think, like, I'm allowed to scale it back, I'm allowed to run at a different a different speed for mm. for a, a period of time, and it, it's okay. And I shouldn't feel guilty or beat myself up because I'm not smashing everything. I'm not doing all these amazing things, and all yeah, all these guys. You know, um, what's that guy's name? Um, he's just been doing my head in recently. Goggins. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that video went viral the other day, but oh, I mean, the one where he's just going for a jog. Yeah, and he's talking about the heat or whatever, and he's like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I wasn't born this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, yeah. but his—I mean, his story is incredible. But it, like, his whole—I mean, him and Jocko are very similar. With I guess their whole excuse mentality is just mm. like, there's no—you just do it. Like, there's mm. there's no art to it. There's no like, you know, special sort of psychological way of approaching it. It's just like fucking do it, and you just—and then suddenly yeah. you're like. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, that's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. It's like, yeah. no, just just do it. And I think those those people are really inspiring and I think it's great. But I think it's once again, it's the balance of being able to have people like that to to lean on and get your injection, get your adrenaline rush and, mm. and break out of some of those funks that you're in. But also you need to be able to lean on other elements where you can give yourself the time to be able to run at a different speed and just go, this, this is okay. And I'm not going to beat myself up for it. And knowing that I will get back up and, and keep moving at a higher speed. Yeah. I've gotten better at that, especially like, I mean, perfect example, like, you know, I, it only took, you know, four shows of this, you know, of this run um, oh, yeah, with yeah. Hadel to, and just to get back and just boom, just crash into the ground. Like, you know, I sort of, so we, I mean, we drove back from Canberra on the on the Monday, and I think I worked half a day the next day. I was still just like, uh, just wrecked, and I wound up just you know making myself sick, and yeah, pretty much. And it is that time of year as well, I guess, yeah. with you know illness floating around. But yeah, I'm only just now. So that was last Monday. We got back, and I'm only just crawling out of that, out of that mire. But also, but you know, but like I said, I'm getting better. I'm like, you know what? 
you know, let's say with this moving to this studio, new students starting and stuff like that. It's like, look, I'm just going to skip the gym today because I know I can get these X, Y, and Z things done. Yeah. And, and then it's done. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and I'll, I'll train tomorrow. It's like, I've got my whole life to go to the gym. It's like, it doesn't mean that I'm putting it off till tomorrow. Like, I know what needs to be done to, you know, to look after myself and do it properly. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, I just, for me, anyway, I just focus on just trying to look after myself. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, get Everything my, I'm not trying to get my beach bot or anything like that. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's purely mental health, yeah. you know, maintenance. And, and part of that is because I'm not really doing myself, it's kind of counterproductive if I'm trying to go to the gym to look after my mental health, but I'm, you know, so if I don't go, I start, you know, tearing myself up about it. Yeah. So. There's a fine art to it. Yeah, yeah. oh, absolutely. Trial you know, and error and yeah, experimenting with things to yeah, see what works. And what same doesn't. with like, you know, you know, like, you know, you know, going sober and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. like if, you know, if something happens and you wind up, you know, having a couple of drinks, it's like, why am I going to beat myself up about it? It's just like, start again tomorrow. That's it's it. like, whatever. That's it's it. all good. As long as like, you know, it's not that start again tomorrow and then stop again the next Saturday and then <laughs> stop again. It's like, you know, yeah, I've been sober for six days. Yeah, you know, it's pattern forming here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, that's, I think that's the thing. We put so much pressure on ourselves to make change and try and get better. But I think, any progress is good progress. And hmm. I think if you can, I think, you know, deep down whether you're full of shit or not, like you, you're your worst enemy. And hmm. I mean, that's a cliche in itself, but it's like, we, we're always hardest on it, on it, on ourselves. And we're always trying to self-sabotage ourselves all the time as well. Hmm. So we're trying to find the thing that will get us out of the situation to find that easier road, you know? And, um, there was a book that I was raving on about for ages. I, I, I need to read it again, actually, because I need I need a dose of like just getting back on track. But it's um, uh, the the War on Art, I think, by Stephen Pressfield. Oh, I've heard of it. It's, yeah, it's, I've heard like, it's can, excellent. You can read it in a couple of hours if you if you want to smash it out. It's like a really easy read. Yeah. But the whole concept of it, and I'll probably butcher it a little bit, but um, is about this thing called resistance, and resistance is every excuse you can possibly think yep. of it's every it's every easy way out it's everything that you 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 have those two options in front of you one is the path to development growth success opportunity all these amazing things and then the other is not doing that and just doing something that's you know easy Very superficial, uh, yeah, yeah or um you know a bit of procrastination or whatever mm. it is and that is resistance. It's like that, and it's written in a way where resistance is this being, it's this presence, it's this mm. thing that lingers around you all the time. It's like the 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 angel and the devil on your shoulders, mm. and resistance resistance is always there to create bullshit stories for yourself to to self sabotage. And so, the way he explains it is just to be able to mitigate that, identify it and be able to stop yourself. And it's like all the mindfulness stuff to be able to stop yourself in that situation and say, I know what's going on right now and I can put a label on it. It's resistance and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try this instead. Um, and I need to read it again. Cause it's been a couple of years since I've read it, but it is like, it's a game changer from a, from a sort of a, a mental approach. And um, I've been able to get through so many in hindsight stupid moments where in the past it would have been daunting situations where I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have challenged myself because I would have found every other opportunity to not do something. And after reading this book, I was like, Oh my God, like this is what's going on. And so I was able to stop myself and go, 
no, I'm going to push through. I'm going to take that one step. Mm. I'm going to do that one thing, take action and just see what happens. I can always pivot. I can always retract if it's shit or it doesn't work out or whatever. And just been a game changer. And now I sort of look back at those situations and go, I can't believe I even gave myself an option. I can't believe I would, I made that out to be bigger than what it was. Mm. In hindsight, hindsight's a, a silly thing in general, but it's um, it's incredible that, um, you know, these things we create for ourselves and there's no there's no system there's no, no government there's no the man that's holding us down we are the man we are the pe- we are the person that's putting us under a thumb all the time oh yeah and it's i mean you'll you'll, you'll find the man who's that you think is you well know, that's it and to- <laughs> and that's to justify to yourself that you're not the person that's causing the problem mm. you know it's that it's the victim mentality you try mm. and find an excuse to deflect the pain away from yourself mm. you know and and um if if you can if you can justify it and you can blame somebody else for another situation, then that keeps you going for another day. But you don't mm. have to face that challenge anymore. You can cruise through and you can sit on the couch or you can do something that's not yeah. productive or whatever it is. And like you can cultivate that habit like every day. Like I mean I'll it's like what I was saying before about like the like the things that really attract your attention mm. in terms of like you know what it is you should be doing. Like you know, you just you just know. And in terms of those things that help you like grow like those kinds of things it's like you know it sounds silly it's like you know whenever someone like asks you to do something and you haven't done it before and you feel that little bit of fear it's like if you can cultivate that habit of recognizing it and training yourself to go i'm just going to go for it so it's like i'll be driving or you know if i drive around and i don't know it sounds silly but it's like if i see a park that just like you know looks really difficult and it's just like oh oh, man you know you know it's like i'm going to do it so i'm going to i want to take any opportunity to like you know, just fight against that fear and just try something. And it's like, it seems silly because it's just that one little instance, but it's not that one little instance. It's yeah, like it's that, up. it's that difficult conversation yeah. or just that, you know, it's like, you know, when my personal trainer gets me to do like box jumps and I'm almost scared I'm going to eat shit every time. I'm just like, I know this is really hard. So I'm just going to, you know, so I'm just going to do it because, you know, it's every opportunity to you know to face that thing and be like no like i'm not i'm not going to back down from this you know and once again you know jujitsu is a, a good case of that and you know the i think you know my coach was like you know talking about competing and all that kind of thing and just once again the thought of it just terrified me yeah. i'm like ah, means i have to do it like it's i think it's fun i think it's like a it becomes it's, it's how you frame everything and the there's a bunch of people that talk about framing out there but it's just, you know, it's literally framing a situation and looking at it from a different angle. And mm. for me now, and I'm not perfect because I'm certainly, certainly hopeless at times, but I'll... If you were, you wouldn't do anything. Well, that, <laughs> there you go, yeah. And, you know, I'll look at things and go, this is an experiment. It's like a science experiment, mm. you know, or it's a social experiment. I'm going to see this and try this out and let's see what the result's going to be. Let's see if this becomes like this hack in my mind, mm. which makes it seem more exciting. Like, let's let's actually accept that thing that somebody's asking me to do that I've got no idea what to do. Let's actually say to that person, I don't know how to do it, but I'll try. Mm. And go through that vulnerable aspect where you're going to be exposed to, to that other person and they're going to know that you don't know. What's that going to do? And what you usually find is like a scenario like that is that you actually build and command a lot more respect because you're upfront and honest with people. Mm. Um, and you're demonstrating behaviours that people want to be around where it's like, you're honest, but you're willing to try things. You're willing to give it a shot and see what you can do with it. And so for me now, I look at situations when I'm not in a flurry and in a haze and, and 
off the off the charts but you know in these moments i sort of can stop and go all right let's let's give it a go let's see what happens like fuck mm. like what's the worst that could happen yeah and it's with you know like the like you know resistance is like a really good way of putting it it's you know to me it's like you know no wonder we have all these things that we had like you know these distractions mm. like the you know the smartphone's just the premium one like i just know that you know it's to me it's like the the act of the getting lost in the smartphone thing is, you know, it's really only like a few hairs of, well, I shouldn't say hair, it's quite a few hairs, but from, you know, from say like watching TV to, you know, say like, you know, doing drugs or any, any sort of escapist kind of, you know, activity, like in a very superficial kind of escapist yeah. way, there's, you know, some, some very beneficial ways mm-hmm. to escape, but it's that very quick superficial way of, ignoring the fact that you're actually existing on the planet at this time and you're not satisfied and the only things that are going to be meaningful and give you a sense of satisfaction are going to be hard and they're going to take time and then they're going to take, you know, probably even more suffering than you're dealing with at the moment. So I'm just going to just, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> you know. And, and, that's, and that's this resistance thing where it's saying, I'm going to give you justification or validate the feelings that you have by holding your phone, scrolling through it for however long, mm. and you're going to be busy doing that. Yeah. You're going to be productive, and and people aren't going to bother you if you do that because you you, know, you look like you're you're doing something. And so, you know, chill out, relax, enjoy mm. it because you know you you are doing something. And so, yes, I am. I'm I'm looking at things and I'm looking yeah. at what other people are doing. And before you know it, it's like twenty minutes have passed. I'm going, oh, fuck, I haven't done anything shit. Mm. And then you've got to find the next thing to create some bullshit story to keep you going. Or you go back to your phone, and go, actually, I didn't check that other thing. I'm going to go back and check that other. And so, but it's this resistance thing. It's it's so cool, so cool. Um, before we wrap it up, yeah, because we've been chinwagging. Oh, yeah, we've been chinwagging for a bit. Oh, good. Um, the podcasting stuff. Mm. So you've been doing a little bit of it. Yeah, sort of. I've and wanted got, to do it's on SoundCloud. 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 Yes. yes, I think I've got like one more. I've got enough free space for one more before I have to start looking at other ways. Of, we'll probably have oh, to have a like chat a, about that. Is it like the free plan thing where you got so yeah, much? Yeah, you get so X amount of minutes before you run out. So okay. I, I've started looking at other ways of expanding it. But for me, it's just um, I'm probably I'm going to have to be start listening because apparently there was one where – because I've just been doing it, uploading it, and then blah, you know, yeah. and then that's kind of it. But apparently there was one where like – there was something was like clipping the mic and it was just like horrible scratching noises oh, all the really? way through. I had no <laughs> idea because I didn't listen back. I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. Um, for me, it's been like, like I used to do a thing where um, I'll just write everything down, you know, so like do just do a big brain dump for like a page or two, like just write, 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 write. whatever's in my head, just keep writing. It was an exercise that I picked up in a book called The Artist's Way, which was a, okay. it was, it's a creative exercise. Yeah. Um, where just, I mean, you're supposed to do it first thing in the morning and it's supposed to be like three pages, but I actually just found it to be a typically therapeutic exercise to just write nonstop. And just even whatever's it, in your head. Whatever's in your head. And yeah. it could just be like, I don't know what to write. This is really stupid, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you just start looking for stuff. And yeah. you would sort of probably hit the wall about halfway, but if you keep writing, inevitably you start hitting on some really profound sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and see, and the podcast just sort of, sort of became that where it was just like, I mean, first when I was doing it, I just had like one of those little clip-on mics, yep. 
and I was just doing that while I was doing dishes and laundry and all that kind of stuff and just, yeah, just talking, you know, just instead of doing it on paper. And it was kind of good because I'm thinking out loud, but because I'm doing it knowing that it's going to be for an audience, I would sort of put a little bit more time in articulating my thoughts a little bit better. So yeah. I'd sort of, you know, come out with something and be like, oh, no, hang on, wait a minute, you know, and because I'm not bothering yeah. editing it. So... And I just found it to be a really beneficial thing and I wanted to do it just as a thing promised to myself because I didn't want it to be like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm doing a podcast and then like stop like two or three weeks later. So I kind of, <laughs> but but then I got like really busy and went overseas mm-hmm. and stuff and, and people, and yeah, some people messaged me like, oh, when are you doing the next one? And I'm like, oh shit, okay. Well, you know, that kind of, well, firstly reminded me, but um, yeah. people seem to, for whatever reason, seem to enjoy, seem to enjoy cool. it. I think it's so cool. I mean, the stuff that I that I've been doing over the last few years is like it's become its own thing where, um, <clears throat> like I'm part of it, but it's it's mm. it's its own beast. Like it's it's becoming something. And it's cool and and it's part of like some of the goals that I have with with these two shows that I created. But I mean, I, I did um, a thing for a while there where it was just like oh, the dumbest name in the world. It was just like crazy talk with Andy, and literally I had a an app on my phone that mm. I that was a recorder and I had it hooked up to my car and I used to do these long drives and I would just spend I don't know 20 minutes half hour 45 minutes just whatever's in my head same sort of thing brain dump mm. and it got to the point where I was doing it almost every morning so I'd do it Monday to Friday and I would do it upload it to YouTube before like 8 a.m. or before 8.30. Mm. So it was my version of like brekkie radio. Yeah, And yeah, so yeah. I only have like about you know, a handful of people that would listen to it. But there were some people that would, would be religiously listening to it every morning. And it was cool because it wasn't really, I guess for me, like the same sort of thing. Like I was, I was articulating thoughts and trying to get thoughts out of my head and it was quite a good thing for me. Um, but then when people started to interact with it and respond a little bit, then I'm like, mm. oh, okay, I'm on record here. I've got to, like, think these things out. It didn't help. Like, I just still yeah. sp- spoke shit for, like, every every day. But um, it was such an amazing thing for me, and I think it's a similar concept to what you're saying with, like, writing things down where I think we start our day and, you know, it's like dreaming and you've got a million different things that are running through your head. They, they stay in there, they go. They stay in there, they go. And some of the harder thoughts, the things that involve effort, friction, um, uncomfortable, challenging moments, things that you procrastinate over. They're the things that come to your head and you go, ah, scary, next, Mm. and you move on to something else. Oh, that's a nice thought. I'll I'll stick with that thought for a bit longer. And we don't think the things through long enough to understand that everything's far more achievable than we thought. Yeah. And so when we write it out, we go, huh, is that it really? Is that all I have to do? Like I've just, I've, I've turned this into five steps. Done. So speaking and verbalizing all of this stuff, I've suddenly gone, oh man, like I've, I've gotten to my destination or I've, I've stopped, you know, stopped driving and, and I feel like there's weight off my shoulders. I didn't even know I had weight on my shoulders, but now I feel like I feel so much better. Well, like, you've externalized I've it. Worked, I've worked through these thoughts and you know, sometimes it's just utter rubbish, like it's just shit talking, but mm. it's still clearing my head to think about other things that are far more constructive and productive. Mm. Um, so when I saw you, you were doing these things on SoundCloud, I thought I can identify that with that because yeah. no doubt you'd be getting, and especially listening to some of some of the ones that you did, 
the types of things or the things that you're working through and the way that you were verbalizing it, you could tell that you were working through thoughts. Yeah. And you absolutely. weren't just doing it, hey guys, like, you know, this is my podcast and this is me and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And here I am to entertain you and give you information mm. that you'll enjoy. I'm trying to bring you value. Yeah, that's you right. Know, like- it was just like, this is in my head and this is what I'm doing today and this is what I'm thinking about, blah, blah, mm. blah. And I think people, people can gravitate towards that. I think people identify with it because it's the same shit that we all think about. Yeah, and some people even messaged me and said, you know, this one particular thing that you said, like, you know, I found that, you know, I never thought about this that way and, you know, you know, thank you. I thought that was really useful. And um, so that's just – that in itself is just sensational. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to get into – but, yeah, definitely going to move into – because I've had some people approach me to want to be guests and stuff yeah, cool. like that. And But I, I want to get like, you know – and but I just even want to have like, you know, I mean, there's obviously, you know – musician mates and stuff like that and you know who i'd love to have on but even just like mates of mine because mm. i mean they're my mates because they they are interesting people i mean like you know my you know pt friend shelly who i keep bringing up over and over again like the you know um we were um she's someone who i also teach but we, we were on uh, doing a lesson via skype and i think we had we had a lesson for about 20 minutes or half an hour and then we just started chatting as we do because mm. we also you know just become close friends we wound up, and it was, the time was up on the Skype thing. We ended up talking for like three hours or something <laughs> like that. And yeah. I'm just thinking, like, the whole time, I'm like, I wish I just had the mic just to bring it across. Cause it was, it was such a valuable conversation. Yeah. Like, you know, she was talking about moving to Thailand and studying kickboxing for five years and wow. just living over there and that whole experience. And, um, and then we we're having like lengthy, you know, um, discussions on just you know all sorts of issues from different angles you know on um, just you know male and female interactions and all kinds of stuff like I mean when a conversation goes that long you're going down the rabbit hole you know yeah. and it was just like it was just such a wonderful conversation I'm just like you know it doesn't matter that we're not you know just particularly well known you know you know, some well-known interviewer with some well-known author on like the biggest podcast or whatever. But to me, it felt like such a valuable conversation that was worth hearing. Um, yeah, I'd love to be able to, you know, do more of that sort of stuff. It's um, it's so underrated because, I mean, one of the reasons why I started doing this was to get better at talking to people. Um, well, I was going to ask, like, because you've been doing it for a long time and, you know, it is like, it's you know, it's, you know, I've been listening too. Like, it's a really good thing that you know that you've got going. But as far as like, what what have you been personally getting out of it? Other than like, not in terms of like the building of the the brand and mm. the product, but like you personally is how you function in your day to day life. Oh man, like it's it's been probably apart from like music's been a big thing for me, and mm. I think that's defined a lot of a lot of paths in my life you know mm. i've i wouldn't have got to this place if it wasn't for music i wouldn't have got to hear this and and even like where we are now and, and the podcasting but doing the podcasting and i think in the grand scheme of things i'm still in the early days i mean i've been doing it for mm. a few years but i think this is something where it's become so much part of my life that i just think it's just going to be here like i don't mm. i'm not worried about oh i've got to create content each week and make sure that's regularly out there it's, it's just, just part, like it's just part of the furniture yeah it's it's routine it's yeah. it's routine and and don't get me wrong when i haven't bulked recorded and i've got no episode for next week and i'm shitting bricks and mm. i stress and i go am i should i be doing this blah blah, blah. same sort of thoughts but um it has become a part of my life and i started it because I wasn't satisfied with 
the interactions that I have with other people. Um, you know, I've was always, I always was a social person in conversations, um, but it was always in the same environments. It was always at a gig. It was yeah. always after three or four beers. And what I found was that I'd bump into these same people that I had great connections with, mm. great, like great relationships with in those settings. And then I'd see them on like a Sunday afternoon walking mm. past each other in town or something like that. And you'd be like, hey, man, hey, uh, yeah. And then you go, oh, uh, anyway, see you, man. Like, yeah. catch you later. And you go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, why, why is this person, why was that so awkward? And, and then I realized that I lent on so many other things, so many other safety nets, so many mm. security blankets, whether, whether it be the alcohol or whether it be just the setting of being in a, in a safe mu- environment. It's like muscle kids. memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking about things that you're just used to talking about. And so I, I got inspired by listening to other podcasts as well, but I just thought I need to get better at talking to people. Mm. And, and then I sort of, I sat in my safety little safety zone and spoke to musos first because that was that was my little mm. my inner circle but then i started thinking fuck it like i'm just gonna start emailing or you know contacting people and just seeing if they're interested and then just running the gauntlet and just asking the dumbest questions that for me anyway and in hindsight people like i finished talking to someone they're like you didn't ask any dumb questions i'm like oh I thought I asked really dumb questions and it's like my go-to line. Like it becomes a habit. I'm trying to stop myself from saying it because it's, that's my, that's my little safe turn that I use to validate me being in the situation Mm. to say, I'm going to be ignorant here. I'm going to ask a bunch of dumb Mm. questions, blah, blah. So take me with a grain of salt, bear with me. And then that gives me like a, now I can relax. Um, but so much growth, like to be able to, talk to people that I would never talk to um, and not big names. And I've sort of stayed away. I've, you know, I had a couple of people on that have had a little bit more stature and a bit more fame, um, but I've really tried to stay away from the media runs of getting on press for mm. the person that's about to tour. And I know I'll do one every once in a while, but it's different. It's a different thing altogether. And the best conversations I've had are with people that I've seen as mates so same sort of thing, mm. but I never spent enough time to talk to them in a different light where you suddenly go, huh, I never knew that. And yeah. you feel dumb saying that because it's like, I've known you for like 10 years and I didn't know you did that. Yeah. They're like, yeah, of course. And it's like, huh, well, I guess we don't talk about that like at 11 o'clock at night at the bar after five, five beers, you know? Mm. And I've just discovered so much more about people that I've known for so long. Mm. Um, and I've also learned from other people that I just never would, I'd, I'd have no excuse to talk to people, like mm-hmm. um, people from different backgrounds, different interests, different industries, and listening to them, I've got so much more compassion for people mm. um, than I ever did before. Um, and I think I identify a lot more where my bias is with mm. just everything in life. And I start, I, I sort of check I, yourself a bit more. Oh, all the, time, <laughs> all the time. But I've got so much more self awareness with it. And it, it irritates me because I think, oh my God, I can't believe. That's my go-to, my default thought, and but then I realise that that's part of my development, and that's and the fact that I'm even realising that is half the battle, and it's all been because of this stuff, and it's just been absolutely incredible, and and there's probably a million other things that I've gotten out of it, but um, I never would have thought. I mean, it was it was a it was a thing to improve communication for me, but it was also I always say it was a sneaky little bit of cross promotion for the for the band where it's sure. like oh look at this, this is a bit of a novelty the mm. the bass player in lords got a podcast and um oh 
you know, he doesn't really talk about the band that much, but he sounds like a cool dude. So I'm going to check out the band. Oh, they're pretty good. And that was my, that was my thought pattern. And, but after a while that, that sort of went out the door and, and mm. it just became all for me. And yeah. the band was the band bonuses on the on the side where people would check it out became a byproduct of it. But it was yeah. always this is my thing and this is something that I've learned and it's been cool, man. Like and I just as I said, like it's become a part of my life and this is all I think about all the time. It's like where's my list of people? Where's I've got to tee things up and and going through the constant self talk, the development of being able to break through all of the the fears of, am I good enough to talk to this person? Should mm. I talk to this person? Why would they talk to me? You know, this person has achieved so much, but here I am, like, I've got no talent. I've just got a microphone. I'm just talking shit. Like, mm. why would they want to talk to me? And then, like, constantly, all that sort of self-talk. Mm. And you you start to identify it and you start to go, oh, no, you're full of shit. You can't. Mm. I'm send, here. Send, Doing send it. that email. Already did it. Send the email. Yeah, you know, stop. You know, don't think yourself that special that you think you can yeah. justify getting out of this. Like, send the email. And you're fine. worst, worst thing could happen is I'll say no, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, so whatever. And it's just a, it's the constant, it's the constant self development there where you just you're, you're mentally challenged quite a bit with it. Mm. Um, it's the, it's the putting yourself out there in the public domain. Same sort of thing. Like we were talking earlier in the conversation about stand up comics. Mm. Um, you know, I'm lucky because I put this out with somebody else and mm. so there's a bit of a mental deflection where it's not just me although i do i'm rambling right now mm. but you you put yourself out there you're vulnerable and you put your opinion out there you say things and you're not hiding behind a wall of noise and that can be really daunting and it's also another thing where the validation from other people are they listening mm. you look at the stats and you go oh jeez is that all like i thought that one went really well <laughs> and then you think is this is this really the right thing? it am I actually not very good at this? Is that why people aren't listening to me? Because the other ones are doing really well. Maybe maybe I'm not good enough. And so it's just that constant thing all the time. And then you, then you check yourself and you go, no, 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 it's okay. Just keep going, keep going. Because this is mm. the point where everybody else would give up. And this yeah. is where all the other guys that I know, and there's a, I shouldn't say all the other guys, but quite a number of other people that I know and friends that started up podcasts and they were killing it. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell, like they're getting all the love. And then I look in my app and they haven't put a, an episode out in six months. I go, oh, what happened? No, oh, too busy. Couldn't do it. And I've, mm. I've, I've, I've thrown that away, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I'm still here. Yeah. And so I just keep pushing myself. So very long-winded, but it's just been, it's been a game changer. Well, it's, you know, it's like what we were saying, you know, at the start about like the different bands and all the things like that when, you know, to have something for yourself – like a you know like a podcast yep. outside of a constant like music that's always there you know at least you know when you've got this other thing that's just for you and it's got nothing to do with music so like like jujitsu was the first thing for me yeah, outside yeah. of music that was that I was equally as fiery passionate about that I never thought would be something that you know I was I thought it was just music one love all the way blah 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 so to actually have this other thing it definitely creates a lot of perspective you know, in your own life. And at least if one thing's, you know, not going the way you think, at least you've got this one other thing that's all yours and you have way more control over it. And particularly if you can really cultivate that self-satisfaction of it, if, if you're happy with it, then that's really all that matters. Like I compose my own music as well. And like once I'm happy with it and, you know, I'll put it out, 
that's that's the start. That's that's it. That's the end of it. It's like you know they're on YouTube. They've got like. 70 views or something like yeah. that. I got no idea from like the first time I put it on Facebook yeah. and, and it's like, I could not care less, you know, and only, you know, anyone who listens to it and says they enjoy it. Awesome. That's, that's wonderful. That's, mm. that's, that's amazing. But, you know, I listen to it and I really enjoy it. And I'm like, you know, once things hit that point and it looks, it's the same with my, you know, drumming related mm. things too. When I've done something that I'm really, really happy with, it's like, well, you know, it's pretty much invincible from, from there. Everything inspires each other so mm. what you do you know doing your own podcast for yourself and putting it out there that inspires your drumming it inspires your jujitsu and, and everything mm. works feeds off each other you know mm. you you learn things through getting stuff out of your head you learn things out of exerting yourself and putting yourself through physically and mentally demanding situations you put yourself through um, situations, you know, playing as well and branching out of your comfort zone and playing with different players, different egos, different mm. styles of music. And it all just, it all just feeds off each other. And it's the, I mean, I, my, my buzz term that I've been using so much over the last few weeks is the return on investment. I'm always about oh, return yeah, on yeah. investment, but I should always clarify that it's not about a measurable return on investment. It's not about this equals this. It's the stuff that's not tangible. It's not the stuff that you can always see straight away. It's the stuff that, as you said, you put something out there and it might seem like nobody listens to it or nobody cares, but you've already got your return on investment mm. because you've gone through that process where you've created something or you put something out there, you've got something out, mm. and that's already feeding everything else that you're doing. Anything that comes off the back of that, as mm. you said, like somebody listens to it, connects with it, and gives you feedback, that's a bonus but you've already got your return from that. And it's the stuff that I think people struggle with because it's not tangible. It's not something that I can put into a spreadsheet and calculate and work out, okay, well, if I if I pump this into this, then I expect this in return at bare minimum. If I don't, then I have to do this instead, blah, blah, blah. It's just not that. And that's, that's the mind game. That's the challenge mm. with it all. And it's like, and if you're attaching you know, expectation to, to something like your, your expectations are yours. And if you don't get them, then you've just manufactured your own losses. Yeah. So it's, why would you do that? That's right. <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. No. But I mean, I mean, that's what we do. That's right. And it's easy. It's easier said than done with a lot mm. of this stuff. I mean, everything's, I think most things in life are fairly simple in nature, but very hard to execute. And that's because of our own, you know, the old monkey mind, the resistance, all these things, the self-talk that we go through mm. and social stigmas, products of environment, um, generational things, all sorts of things in society that, that steer us in different courses, create bias and, and all this sort of stuff. And that's what makes simple concepts really, really complicated. Just got to try. Just, just got to get through the door. Just got to turn up. Like if you can just, that's, you know, take the like first thing. Just books are great. You know, there's lots of great things there, but just like, just get through the door. You know, I think that's particularly for smarter people. That's where they really fall flat. They can just think themselves into the corner and it's just like, no, just, just get through the door, turn up, just like show up on the day, you know, and just, just play the game. Lose it enough times, you'll, you know, you might win. Well, I think um, I think that's a very inspirational uh, point to end this conversation. Let's do it. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, if you if you're still awake, then um, <laughs> then you'll uh, then you're ready to go smash out some deadlifts and uh, do that class you were talking about doing and write that book and all that stuff. Go do it. Mm. All right, man. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, that's it, folks. Uh, we are inching closer and closer to the new album. No new news uh, from last week, but if you didn't listen to last week's episode, please go back. But uh, just to recap really quickly, we are almost done with the artwork. Album announcements should be out soon. We are finishing off some of the final touches of the recording, um, so the rest of it should fall into place very, very quickly. Uh, we are going to film some video clips at the end of November and get uh, the whole press trail, uh, press campaign together and uh, roll that out AS. AP. So hopefully we'll have an album announcement soon. Um, I've got a funny feeling that the release date's going to be early 2019 now. Oh, I can hear everyone moaning. But um, I think anybody that works in music will understand that uh, we're getting into a, a bit of a volatile part of the year for new music. So you don't really want to be releasing anything in November, December, unless it's a Christmas album honestly, like it's just going to get lost in the mix and uh, we're going to have to be very strategic about when we decide to release this album. But uh, early next year will be, I think, the planned release date. But we'll have an album announcement very soon regardless. So at least you guys can see that there has been some progress. We are so desperate to get this album out, but uh, really excited. And we know we are confident. We are so confident that it'll be worth the wait. So stay tuned. More updates as they come. But that's it, folks. Another episode in the bag. Thank you very much for the ongoing support. Please, as always, uh, you can support the podcast in a whole range of different ways. You know, the social media love, sharing it around, introducing the podcast to new people, um, the merch, the the beer shouts on the PayPal button, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It just it helps. It's fantastic. So thank you so much. And thank you for listening to me, Waffle. Right now, I'm going to end it. Until next week, folks, take care. ta ta Larry. Larry, please.